Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. Greetings, gardening friends. Great to be here with you this morning. The Gardening Show is sponsored by DeSatco Mulch. Make your garden grow with DeSatco Mulch, available at all leading garden centres. Well, the team is here. Bev Daring has already been working hard this morning, as has John Glidden, Ray and Faye. You can phone us, you can email us. And a big cheers to our cycling DJ, Jim Crinan, for fabulous breakfast tunes this morning and and Jim was supported by Jim, so he did a great job this morning. Well done, Squire. And uh, also thanking him for the cycling update just now. Jim returns next Saturday morning, but he had a good show and he sounded very upbeat and uh, happy, and I think everyone would have enjoyed listening to him. It's amazing when you fly solo what you can do. Absolutely. Yeah, we know that feeling. All right, so how are you? I'm very good, Ray. What a busy week it's been. Yes, taking full advantage of the weather, I have no doubt. And Lynn from Bentley rang this morning because she was a bit concerned that we were taking a a break because it's school holidays. But Mm. I I did have a thought this week, Ray, and this coming up is my birthday week. Yes, it's your birthday on Monday. It is, and it's school holidays, so I will be unavailable in the garden, enjoying the sunshine for the most part. So anyone who wants anything of me, just put that on hold until next Saturday. You're going to have a week off. (laughs) Well, I'm going, well, I will try and focus on the things that I want and need to do. It just gets so busy right now. You know, it's getting ready for fire breaks and there's Mm. a lot happening in the garden. Mm. Uh, My apricots are starting to grow, so Mm. I've got to get out and bag them. Um, Got to keep my eye on the ball, the watering. And one of the questions we've got today is all about what to do with the the new sprinkler regime. Okay, we can talk about Mm, that as well. For sure. Yes, and uh, actually I just gave my sprinklers a run last night. So we can talk about that in a little while. We've got uh, Carol Fudge joining us at 20 past eight. Now, Carol's the sales and marketing manager, manager, get that out, Ray, from Banara Nurseries. So often when you go into nurseries, you'll see uh, the little sticker on whatever plant you're looking at, uh, Banara Nursery. They're the wholesalers behind it. And uh, a subject close to my heart, long-lasting flowers that give value for money. I think that is really important. There's nothing I, – I know there's a lot of plants out there, flower for maybe two to three weeks of a year, and then that's it. Hello. I want more. I want more bang for my buck. And – Joining us in the studio at 20 to 9, Ben Mayo. Ben Mayo is a horticulturalist. We have had Ben uh, join us before and we're talking primarily about aloes and selvies, but I have no doubt the subjects will move all around this morning on this glorious spring day. 1st of October, wowee, as well. So, yeah, lines are open, 94841927. And, Ray, there's three open gardens on this weekend it's too. flat so out, right? I think I'll just give those details heads up. Yep. right now. So today, 
uh, Rosie's Garden is open for one day only. That is with Open Gardens WA. And that is 35 Scrivener Place in Hall's Head. 900 square metres of cottage garden, plant sales, slopes and steps, refreshments available. Beautiful. Also up in Gidjigana, Felicity's Garden. And it's today and tomorrow, 613 Copleydale Road in Gidjigana. And it's a rural garden with cottage garden plants, natives, olive groves and lots more. And I know Denise is there selling plants for one day only. Yeah. Uh, I haven't actually written down if that's today or tomorrow. Uh, also, Romancing the Stone in Maidervale, 3 Lillian Road. That's today and tomorrow from 10 to 4.30. And Tom has been doing this for 22 years. Yeah, and wow. this garden supports the Amanda Young Foundation, mm-hmm. which is all about raising awareness of meningococcal disease, which is really important. So he's got lots of uh, water features, rock walls. He's got a hobbit village. There'll be sales of plants and art and refreshments. So if you've never been there. And generally live music as well. Yes, yes, the ukulele group. Yeah, lovely um, place to go and have a Devonshire tea. And he does do garden tours too, talking yeah. about what he's yeah. done. So And so everyone, we've all been blessed with this glorious weekend. So, yeah, if you're not in your own garden, go and have a look at someone else's and get some inspiration. And you do, don't you? you so do. if, if we're looking for those plants that flower all the time, you you can kind of go and, and eyeball what you see and like and you might see different varieties. That's in it. fact, last weekend we got asked to ID a plant that was in the Euphorbia family. Yes. And it had – now, I'm not a fan of the crown of thorns. I'm, I'm not either. I'm <laughs> with my, you. I'm my with friend you. Jazzy reckons she's got 148 Good and grief. she's been trying to get me into them. She planted one in my garden. I still don't love it. Mm. Uh, but when I saw this photograph that we identified, it had Beautiful. bigger leaves yeah. and it was a burgundy colour. It just looked lovely. And I thought, hmm, I think I'd like that. Though. So she brought me one. So Yeah, yeah. So, no, that was the uh, Millii. Yes. And uh, it's so funny because we were mystified to begin with. And I'm walking my dog the other day and I walked past a neighbour's house and there it is looking at me. And I thought, <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah, it's all around us. We just don't always see it. It's like putting things on the radar, it isn't it, It really is. Yeah. yeah, it really is. So, yeah. All right, let's uh, go to Linwood. David's on the phone talking about watering. Hi, David. How are you? I'm good, love. How are you? We're, we're fine. Thank you. I hope you are all well. Yeah. Um, I just want to know, um, with this, uh, li- this uh, dropping it down to two days a week, have they ever thought, I've talked to people and they've said, oh, well, I used to give it 10 minutes, but now I'm giving it half an hour. That's what, <laughs> that's what will happen. Oh, mm. don't start me, David. <laughs> so you're referring to ball water, of course, yeah, David, boy, for yeah, people that time. have a ball. You know, I mean, mm. if they're going to say, to, why don't they say to people, right, just have a certain length of time that you can use it and keep the same things. Uh, yeah, I, it, does. it hasn't been thought out very well. It, it hasn't. I mean, mm. we gave them a, a whole yeah. list. I sent them a couple of pages. Yeah. Their mind was already made up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, it the was. The thing is, I think we all need to be responsible. Bottom line, no matter what rules and regulations are, we need to do the right thing. Well, and that includes industry as well. Exactly, right across the board. So yeah, let us let thing. us upskill. Let us do what we can 
to perhaps learn new ways to all tweak our systems to work out how we can do things better. And I've started to take more more notice of what's going on. I've been uh, shadowing my reticulation system and I've been making my garden wait to get the roots down rather than you know, flicking it on because we've got a hot day and things are, are wilting in the middle of the day, perhaps. Um, no, never, never water during the daytime. That's ridiculous. I mean, but, you know, morning, early morning or late at night, no problems. And then you've also got to work out not when the easterly winds are around yeah. because that blows it away. Water. So we, mm. we can be smarter and we can tweak what we do and do it better. There are a lot of options for additives to the soil and um, systems and measures that we can look at to monitor the soil water levels. So we're going to, to look and talk more about those. Well, we did talk to Chris Oliver not that long ago and he gave us some ideas about layering the garden with um, manure and mulch and he has a, a slightly clay soil, so different scenario to what we've got mm on sand but we can still add clay to our sand that will help mm, yeah yeah um yeah i agree with you why do, has anybody considered inviting the minister for this uh, to the radio station uh we've had him on air um oh, I've him. <laughs> let's let's move on i mm. i'm so cross david <laughs> oh my yeah, yeah and i've I'm written sorry. my letter and it was really ignored so yeah, yeah and there is there's a whole industry out there that came up with an idea and they've chosen to to go their own path. Mm -hmm. but what, about, what about the industry itself? I mean, you know, plants and all this sort of stuff, that's going to hit, hit everything, isn't it? Well, David, on It's on all that's... your parks uh, and so let's just see how everything looks at February, March of next year well, uh, with our 40-plus degrees heat my, that we have. My argument all our animals is that, depend that it's on the trees. not one... We've got to look at the problem and where yeah. the problem is. We also have to manage things across the board and it's not, looking at one small area is not the best way. We know that after COVID happened, people turned to their gardens. The nurseries had never been in a, a better state as far as yeah. business was booming. There has never been a more important time for people to garden than now. And I believe that because the prices of food has gone up. If people can garden and grow some of their own food, they're reducing mm. food miles. So many health they're, is all helpful. They're eating mm. healthier plants. They're getting yes. fresh nutrients and the mental health. Yeah. I mean, and then we've got a whole sector mm. that hasn't been considered in this scenario, disabled and elderly, that we're trying to keep in their own homes. But, Don't go yeah, beating yeah. them up because... You know, they're using an automated system because, you know, how are people supposed to go away on holidays? We've got systems that we can put in place that monitor and make the best use of water. And that's what I'm going to focus on over the next few weeks and months, how we can do our best, best practice management. Well, I, I, I hope you do. And I've, I've consulted my local witch doctor and he says he's going to do the same thing. Oh, Good old David. Well, I'm keen to hear more about that too. <laughs> I don't think you would be. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> thank, thank you very much, girls. All right. Good on, good on you, David. 
I'm sure there's many people out there feeling the same way as David because this really is starting to hit now. Oh, uh, it hurts. I mm. actually feel it. And, you know, when someone presses the button, mm. I, I can't help it. But perhaps now this is a good time to, to tackle this email, Ray. And All right. Yes. It's from Anne of Bentley and she says, Good morning, gardeners. I was wondering is the best strategy for watering my lawn this summer as we only have two days to reticulate my garden this year. Mm. I've read that two days a week may be enough as long as it's deep watering to stimulate deeper root growth for my lawn. My issue is just how long each station should be on for the considered sufficient amount of time on two days. Even last year with several hot spells, my lawn suffered with three days. Yep. And that's right. And you know what? There's not one size fits all with this. And it depends and, on the Andy. reach with the retic that you have. It depends mm. on the lawn. Mm. It depends how the soil was improved. Now, last weekend we had a, a lady ask about soil improvement mm. because the house was going on the market. Mm -hmm. And I told her how it needed to be improved. And it was going to cost a lot of money. Yeah. Well, it's an investment or an asset. So you've got to get it right mm. from the beginning. So that's the first thing, the preparation of the soil. And for many people, you know, it hasn't been done right. So maybe it's time to bite the bullet and redo it going forward. Depends on the type of lawn you've got. Uh, depends on your location and the soil you've got, whether it's sand or clay. It depends on your, your reticulation. Now, one of the ways to measure how much water is given yeah. in a particular area is catch cups. Yeah, they are So this a good is something idea. that you can do. You need to run your sprinklers for enough time to get 10 millimetre. This, this is kind of critical. So it's not going to be 10 minutes for everyone. It depends no. how your reticulation is set up. Yeah. Don't, don't be trying that when the easterly wind's blowing either. No. Okay? You can also get a moisture meter. I've just ordered one online. That's on its way. Good idea. Chris Oliver suggested this to us. Now, you can use products. So there's wedding agents. Wedding agents are going to vary from one to the other. Last weekend we heard of a listener who's tried it and didn't get good results. I personally haven't been happy with some of the results I've had, so I'm now trialling different products. I have also used seaweed and a small amount of fertiliser. So we get things growing, but we also don't want to cut our lawns too short so that we're cooking the roots. So all of these factors play a part. Uh, Ray, the other thing that you've got that I don't have yet, but it's coming soon, and that's a Wi-Fi controller. Yeah. Now, some of these smart controllers can help you yeah. work out when to water. Yes. What, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I've got the Hunter HydroWise uh, and it's been very good. It has uh, functionalities on it where it detects rain or it is able to, it um, through the Wi-Fi functions, able to, what, what am I looking for? So it tells you what's happening in your garden. Yeah, it can, and it can adjust your watering in accordance to that is what I was trying to say. Yeah, so okay. it's uh, very smart. 
and uh, you can have the settings set so that it actually is watering your garden as per what it needs as rather than a set, you know, 10, 10 15 minutes on so, a set day. So this is yeah. something else in yeah. the mix the of technology, things we can do. The so, technology is there. So yeah. we were very fortunate earlier in the year to be given some products to give away. Yeah, and we I'm, gave away some fabulous systems we, to listeners. We did through the TIFF be good to get some feedback from, from the winners yep. yeah, if they're listening. Now, at the time, I was offered a beehive controller by yeah. HR Products. Yeah. And it's taken me all this time to get a dongle set up yeah. next to my controller. Mm. And, of course, we had winter, so the need wasn't as great. I'm now ready to to do more monitoring and to really make this work so I can share with listeners how they can better manage their gardens. Yeah. So I'm no techno guru. Mm. So I'm Yeah, it has sensors, built in mm. sensors and uh, this is important. For example, uh, there is rain coming next week, you see. So and of course a lot of people when you've got set retick, now it's definitely going to rain um, next Wednesday, someone might have that that might be their retick day. Mm. Uh, and we can certainly when you have these types of devices set up, uh, it's going to detect that and it's either not going to water your garden on that day or minimal watering or or so forth. This is what they're used for. So I hope this helps Andy. And I know he's in Bentley, he or she. Now, just one more thing quickly to end that subject uh, is the fact that if you are in a bushfire control area mm. or risk area, you can get an exemption to water a third day a week. And a lot of people might not know that. So that's, well, that's only important. that was on the website when I did another scroll around. So okay, I'll leave you found it there. that all by yourself. Yeah, okay. yeah, it just, no advertising about it, just uh, popped up. And Jill in Mandra said, have the watering laws been passed? Yes, they have, Jill. And um, good day to you as well. All right, we'll be back shortly. Curtain Radio. You're tuned to Let's Talk Gardening this morning. Bill, we're very aware of your phone call. If you could just uh, stay with us, Squire. And uh, we're chatting with Carol Fudge from Banara Nursery. Hey, good morning, Carol. How's it going? Oh, good morning. What a beautiful morning. Could yes. Could it be nicer, could it? It really is a breath of fresh morning. air. Everyone is enjoying these these sunny days that we've had, right? I feel, I feel like there's this pent-up demand there, for the sunshine at the moment. We've there had really is. a long grey winter and mm. look it's fabulous to have had all the rain that we've had Absolutely. but oh, gee, isn't that sun gorgeous people are just loving it the gardens are popping and uh yeah it's it's i think it actually affects your mood right of course it does yeah, mental health yeah mm. there's something deep buried within our subconscious yes. that says when spring arrives we need to go out to our nearest garden center or, <laughs> yeah. or favorite plant supply specialist and, right. and load up trolley loads it's, it's it's going mental out there at the moment so well carol you would know yeah. and it's lovely mm. to have you here we've been trying for a few weeks now yeah. <laughs> it's been a busy time there's so much going on in western australia these days <laughs> oh we are so blessed so we are so yeah. what we want to talk about today uh and we figured you're one of the best people to talk to is long-lasting flowers that give value for money Okay, well, I, I, I decided to come out in the garden to think about this question this morning and I had a look around at my very untidy, messy garden that I think I might spend some time in this weekend and I just had a, a good look at what I've planted over the last few years that, that comes back every year with minimal effort. And top of my list has to be the Alstroemerias. Oh, yeah. um, 
they they just keep on giving every year. And there's there's different different types of alstroemerias in the market. Some will give you a lot of joy in spring, and then they they almost go to sleep for the rest of the hot summer. And then there's some that will actually repeat flower and and keep going right through the summer and into the autumn. So. Um, the ones, um, the ones known as princess lilies are probably the best garden performers, although the other ones do have some very unique colours and are nice for, for the springtime. So at the moment I'm looking at an array of reds and whites and pinks and, and, um, yeah, purples and, um, they're, they're just a, a, a mass of colour in the garden and they look amazing. And I've done nothing, absolutely nothing, other than pour a bag of sheep poo over the top of so, them in winter. So, Carol, I need white flowering in the middle of November. What what will I be guaranteed will do that for me? Is there a variety, one um, of those? Alstroemeria Claire. Okay. Thank you. That's that's the nicest one, and it's the whitest of the white, you know, in the, in the range. Um, I think that will give you the pure pure white that you're mm, looking for. Mm. And to um, keep them going, how do you care for them? Well, every now and again, I'll walk out here and I'll look at all the spent um, stems, and I, I pull from low down, so I pull the stem out from the base. And that's about it. <laughs> they they are hungry, so I, they like, you know, sort of good compost and, and sheep manure and things, but they are actually quite forgiving um, in terms of water. They're, they're pretty happy on two waters a week. But they're great for pots and in the ground. Um, they do well in full sun and part shade. Um, yeah, they, they are very versatile. So that that's top of my list. But walking around the garden at the moment, because flowering, having flowering plants in the garden isn't just something that should happen in spring. No, I always I agree. Like think that mm. I can walk out into my garden any time of the year. So yeah. I've got, you know, I've got the old-fashioned lavender dentata, which will give me flower all through the summertime to cut and bring in the house. I've got the, the little old-fashioned um, Africanized rodancy, which is just a picture at the moment with silver foliage and you know, white flowers, and I put that in probably four or five years ago, and every now and again I forget that it's there, and then, yeah, come spring it just reminds you to life. Mm. Yeah, so that's a real good one. Um, I'm looking at a, an old-fashioned Judas tree that's full of pink blossom at the moment, which I've cut stems of, and because they're kind of crooked and wonky, they look great in a vase in yeah, the house. Fantastic. That will only give me spring colour. But, you know, to get me through that, I've got... I don't know, raffia lepus, which is all flowering at the moment, the old Indian hawthorns in mm. you know, the nice dwarf compact forms. And then I've got grevilleas. So I like to be able to, I like to look for grevilleas that will give me flower all through the summertime mm-hmm. and grevilleas that I can cut and bring in, in, in the house in a vase. So, Ooh, have you got a couple of uh, names of those ones, Carol? Um, I don't know if they're out in the shops quite yet, but there's some. Um, they will be out later in the in the season. I'm looking at Tangerine Dream in full bloom. Which, I've been trying to which, find that actually. It it should hit the shops in a month or two. Right. That, that one I've got in a big terracotta pot, and that's just been flowering all through the winter, and will continue to keep I, giving. Yeah, I'm definitely desperate to get one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> no, no, and then I've got some kangaroo paws in pots because in my garden, for some reason, I, I think I'm a bit too close to the coast. They don't always do so well in the ground, but I've got them in pots at the moment looking fantastic. Um, 
I've got, what else have I got? Oh, begonias. Just the the old-fashioned bedding begonias. And you can get two or three years out of these before you before you need to replant them. So in terms of good lasting colour in the garden, takes you know probably a little bit of little bit of shade. Yeah. The, I'm looking at one at the moment with that strong sort of burgundy uh, foliage and bright Love. red flowers. Love. That. Are these the and ones? They're from, uh, they're from a year ago or more. Are they the ones you buy in punnets, Carol? You can buy in punnets, the bedding yeah. begonias. Yep, yeah, yep. I'm a um, big can, fan. Yeah. Mm. They're, they're just such good value. And then I've got hollyhocks coming up at the background. Um, hollyhocks, they just sell seed now every year, which um, in the garden uh, is pretty good because they'll give me flower in the summertime. Mm. Mm. So, you know, they look awesome as well. I've got a couple of hydrangeas in pots that are just waking up, which will give me some flower colour coming in towards Christmas time. So, yeah, it's about thinking about what's going to give you flower at different times of the year because I just like to walk out in the garden with a cup of tea and see colour. Mm. I think we all do. And I I think it's permission uh, granted to all those listeners out there to go and visit a nursery at different times of the year and buy something for all seasons. Mm. Did I say that? Yeah, go for a walk around the neighbourhood at different times and just note the colour. And I mean, I, I, I suppose smaller growing things, gardens aren't as big as they used to be. So have a look at what other people have got in colour at certain times of the year and then you can have a, a complete canvas. I mean, with little grandchildren, they love to come out in the garden and pick flowers for Nanny all the time. So uh-huh. That's sweet. <laughs> it's always good to have some colour for them to be able to pull out as well. And Carol, I've got a question here from a listener. She's chasing... Uh, blue Leshenaltia. Is that in your list or? Blue Leshenaltia is out and about. It should be in the retailers at the moment. It does sell pretty quick. There's something about that blue. That oh my God, it's people. the best blue ever. It mm. is the best blue ever. Um, I feel that there will be some more around in about three or four weeks' time, thinking about what's growing in the nursery. I think there's a you know, batch on the ground not quite ready, but there certainly has been batches sold through into the retail market. So you should be able to pick that up. You could try one of the, the native specialist nursery, yes, um, particularly good one out the Kalamunda way. Yep. Um so, you know, that they would probably have that blue leshenault here in stock. Mm. Um, blue leshenault here is a lovely plant to have in the garden. Uh, I would treat it as an annual. Absolutely. And don't be too despairing if it doesn't make it through the summertime. Mm. And just remember how they grow in the wild under a little bit of shade. Mm. They do better. Yeah, they're, they're stunning. Your garden sounds like a picture, Carol. Will you ever open it, do you think? No, it's too tiny and it's too messy. It's a, it's a trial garden because what? Yeah. How, I mean, I'm like a child in a lolly shop because what happens is the new plant comes in and I'll go, I'll take that home and pop it in the garden and see how it performs in the Perth climate. Yeah. So my garden's a mess of all sorts of things. Yeah, why not though? And it's great that you do that. I can relate to that. Yeah, never suffering husband who goes, why am I digging this out again? Why did you plant it in the first place? Gardens are constantly evolving, I tell him. As are are we. We we learn and change as we go, don't we? We do, we do. And the the mood changes and the trends change. Um, Yeah, I think... um, you know, I've got a very eclectic mix of of native plants and and non-native plants, but they give me joy. Yeah, and in the line of work you're in, how can you not? I mean, it would be uh, incredibly tempting. 
Mm. I think I'm an addict. Oh, well, I know. I said last week I need an intervention, but what can we say? (laughs) Carol, do you grow moringa trees at Banara? No, we don't grow moringa trees at Banara. Uh, We have actually done some trials with it, so don't ever say never. Um, we've done trials in the last couple of years to see how they cope. They, I've actually got one here in a pot. I'm just looking at it. It's still a stick at the moment. Mm. Um, as I say, one of the trials from, from work. <laughs> um, yeah. They don't like the winter here. It is very cold. They need a, a fairly protected and um, warm north-facing wall, I think, to grow on. But there are, there are a couple of amazing, obviously the typical Moringa tree, which is known for all its sort of therapeutic yeah. um, remedies. But there's also a, a very gorgeous one, which has a, a fat stem that almost looks like a boab tree, which is the one I'm, I'm trying to, to grow. I've just got nowhere to plant it in the ground at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can relate. I to dig something out. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that as well. Carol, thank you so much. That's been really inspirational. It gives us, us as well, everyone, something to think about and look out oh, for. Look, the, the garden centres are absolutely full of plants at the moment. Oh. They're full of colour. Um, go and cheer yourself up, even if it's only a pot for a veranda. Um, oh. I'm sure there's plenty to see and do out there this weekend. I cheer myself up very regularly. <laughs> Carol, <laughs> off, off the top of your head, I have yes. got two... Uh, ceramic, uh, not ceramic, uh, concrete pots, cream concrete mm. on mm. pedestals at the base of an arbour. I've got towering gum trees and uh, there's a bit of canopy. It's a romantic cottage-y garden, cottagey, uh, burgundy plums and seduction roses with the Pierre de Ronsard over the arbour. So and it you've gets got eggs as well. sun, oh, mm. border of agapanthus. Mm. So I'm looking for something in the pots. They're not going to get water other than me watering them. So they get light but not a lot of sun and they've got a a canopy over them, but it's not dark shade. What is going to give me – what's tough that, you know, if I don't water it for a few days, it's going to survive? And maybe pink flowers. Um, Whoa. <laughs> Pink flowers. Well, you could certainly go with one of the Alstomeria family, but if you want something a bit taller, um, pink flowers and taller. And pink, what, you're looking for all year round? No, just looking good in November to Christmas, I guess. <laughs> looking good in November to Christmas, pink flowers. I suppose Alstomeria. Alstomeria would be good. Um you could go with, again, you could go with your begonia, begonia as well. You could go with the, um, the bedding begonias that I was talking yeah, about. Yeah. If you planted some of the ones out from sort of a 10 centimetre pot or bigger, you could have that bronzy foliage with a pink flower. That would look really good and it'd be quite hardy. You could probably mix it up with a, well, you could potentially use a white hydrangea or something like that if you really want the flower, but of course you're going to have to water it a little more than that. No, I think the begonia would be good because they have survived in that garden, so I mm. could then carry that through as a border under the roses. So that, yeah, that would marry up nicely. Yeah, well, there's there there is this, there's a pink uh, pink on a, a burgundy background which would probably work quite well, and they they are they're really forgiving. They'd mm. probably go a week if you didn't water them. Yep, I never thought and, of that one. 
And also you've got things like the um, trailing geraniums as well. You could probably pick up a, a lovely pink um, geranium that would give you that flower colour as well. Lovely. Thank you. Sounds, no sounds good. All, <laughs> all right. Enjoy, enjoy your weekend. Hope you get into your own garden. Oh, I, I hope so too. Um, enjoy yours and I hope you get time to visit a nursery this weekend. Yes, Thanks, funny you should Carol. mention that. Thank you, love. You take care. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yes, indeed. That was Carol Fudge from Banara Nursery. What a great job she has. But, you know, it's like anything. Because of what she's doing, her own garden is probably neglected. And it's like people than any profession. You're so busy looking after everyone else's that you, your but own doesn't you get the same. But you could hear how much joy, joy. she yeah. got when she, she went out there and looked at it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, now we are in Samson. Bill, thank you for waiting. Good morning, ladies. How are you? Good, Good thanks, thank Bill. You. Yeah, thank you for the, the great educational program. I, I'd love to hear you a couple of times a week. <laughs> thank you. Well, we, we're doing our homework the rest of the time, Bill. Yeah, <laughs> Working well, in gardens and doing research. While I'm sitting in my front garden, I've, I've got a locust tree full of beautiful locusts. Uh, which was self-planted, and I've got a beautiful uh, native wisteria in full bloom. Oh, nice. Yeah, but the, the locusts, I always give them away free. If there's anyone in the neighbourhood, they're more than welcome to Oh, I love locusts. Do you know mm. they make a lovely chutney? Mm. If, if you like savoury foods, um, the chutneys are a great accompaniment with cheese, but also yeah. they make a lovely jam, mm. and the jam I, actually tastes like apricot jam. Mm. And the leaves make a lovely tea. Oh, I did not know that. Look at tea, it's very nice. Oh, wow. Give it a go. Uh, what I rang you up about was the moringa tree, which I heard about last week. And yes. I've, I can strike off the banana nursery, they don't have it. Yep. Uh, I've been searching all week to try and find one. The only place I can find it, I have them around a stock, and that's the Guildford Garden Centre. They, they'll have them back in in February or March. Yes, do you, okay. Do you know of any nurseries that would actually have the trees right now? Uh, well, John has actually just slipped in a note that says um, generally January and December, because like Carol said, hers doesn't have leaves on at the moment. Yeah, it's looking like on. a stick. So nurseries mm. don't tend to stock. Sticks. Well, Sometimes they Retail do. Retail yeah. nurseries mm. don't often have things that don't look Great. so fantastic. Mm. But a specialist nursery, uh, somewhere like Taswan Trees or the uh, – there's a leaming – Allenby Nursery up in Wanneroo. Right. There's a good tree nursery. There's a fruit tree nursery in Leeming and there is another one in Parkwood. So oh, someone who specialises, they may have, mm. but I know these ones cl close to me have oh. full stocks. They specialise in fruit trees, mm. so they very likely have everything. Well, I do see some people selling the seeds, but I'd, I'd prefer to get a tree. And ask ask bigger trees as well. They're up in Pickering Brook. Uh, they look after us each week with a giveaway voucher to listeners. Um, she's worth a call as well, Bill. I'm definitely going to have a drive out there one day. Definitely must. Are you yes. on Facebook, Bill? Hmm. No, I don't use it. Okay. I'm, the only thing I was going to say is there is a group called Hedge, Homesteading and Edible Gardening Group. And if you typed in Moringa there... 
they would there there'll be people who will know who's got what mm-hmm. all over the place. Mm-hmm. It can be a great resource. I'd like one. I've promised my granddaughter one, and I've got a friend who wants one as well, though. All right. Well, if anybody does know who's got one, if you could let us know, and we can well, we have a give a, a shout the out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for your time, ladies. Thanks. Okay. Bill. Good on you, Bill. Cheers. Bye bye. Cheers for that. All right. Back shortly. Curtain Radio. You're tuned to Let's Talk Gardening with Ray and Fane. Our special guest in the studio, Ben Mayo, has a. In, I'm having trouble today. <laughs> has joined us. Good on you, Ben. How are you? Yes, I'm good, thank you. Good, good. We'll come straight back to you. Look, there's another little plant sale on today, and it opened at eight thirty, and it's at the Heritage Church, which is in Champion Drive in Kelmscott. Now we promoted uh, this last year because they're raising funds uh, for. Muktai Mission in India. Now, last year they managed to buy an ambulance from last year's stall. So isn't that amazing? That's beautiful. And this year they're trying to buy an X-ray machine. So if you wanted to pop down there to this plant sale, it's all for a brilliant cause. It's at Heritage Church Champion Drive in Kelmscott, and it's on today, right now. It started at 8.30. So wander down and have a look, and you know your proceeds are going to a fabulous cause as well. Well, good morning, Ben. It's lovely to have you here. Yes, it's great to be here again. And we're going to talk all about salvias and aloe. Should I say hello, hello? Hello, hello. <laughs> I was wondering about the salvia chat, actually. We'll go straight to Richard, but uh, that was something that Carol didn't mention for mm. colour a lot of the year. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, we'll we'll save that for Ben. Okay, we're in Hillary's. Richard, good morning. Good morning. Hello, Richard. How can we help you today? Um, I thought I'd heard on either your show or, or somewhere else on the radio about a weed killer that works within 24 hours. Is there such a product? And if so, what is it? Well, actually, there there is a product called Slasher that's been around for quite a while. And that works on soft weeds and you can see the results within a couple of hours. Yeah. I use some this week in my shade houses and um, a little bit around the outside and the weeds, yeah, it knocked them over. Sometimes they will regrow, but a lot of the annual weeds that we have now, they're at the end of their life anyway, so it does knock them over very quickly. And it's available in most... Yes, um, yes. It's a product by Organic Crop Protectants, so a lot of the hardware stores and nurseries will have it. I have heard there is another weed killer that's just come out called BioWeed, but I, I'm not, I don't have any information on that. I've just asked John to look that up for us. Okay, I'll check it on the web. Yeah. Okay, and does it come in a, con- the slasher, does it come in a concentrate? You can. It does. You mix it up with oh, yourself. Okay. Yeah. There yep. may be a ready-to-apply pack. I don't know. There is. I've, yeah. I've there used is. the one litre. Yeah. Mix it up yeah. and spray. It, they they usually cost so much they're not worth buying, mm. I find. Yeah. Okay. And, Good. and, and one comment about your water, you know, yes. the reticulation. don't know whether it's going to happen, uh, whether it, I live in the city of Joondalup in Hillary's. There's a park near us. It's as green as green every year. And it's green as green for a good reason. They don't water for 10 minutes. They don't water for 20, 30 or 40. They, they put these sprinklers on for 45 minutes 
Monday to Friday every day. Mm. They're not on weekends because people go to the park. Mm. When I walk through that area, some areas are so flooded, it's like um, someone's, you know, turned an underwater leak on. Um, there is water pouring everywhere because they just can't get into the soil fast enough. Um, so I'm hoping that the cities around Perth do the right thing because they're certainly not doing it now. If June Delup's an example. Well, and there are some some councils that are doing wonderful work using recycled water and channel channeling drainage water. So I'd like to hear more about the guys that are doing the right stuff and leading by example. When, when I asked one of the, the... There were some people down on the park one day, just about uh, 18 months ago, um, and there were a, a number of them, about five of them obviously doing a bit of a survey, and I went over to them and I said, look, um, can I ask about the, the you know, articulation and, and are, you, are you part of that? And they said, yes, we are. I said, how can you justify... Uh, putting so much water on and, and putting it on every, every day, Monday to Friday. And their answer was, oh, well, that's, that's what we do. Mm. And I just looked at this gentleman and I said, I beg your pardon, that's just what you do. Don't, don't you think about how much water is being wasted? And he said, that's our policy. And I thought, what an appalling answer. Mm. Um, and, and I've been involved in going to the, the city uh, in, in the past about parks and beaches around here and I have to say that I didn't bother going and, and putting in a, in a complaint because I knew it wouldn't get anywhere. Mm. Richard, um, could so, I suggest that perhaps you do put something in writing? Uh, and... uh, look, I'm, I'm over it. I, we had dog beaches and other beaches uh, problems here and uh, the council just did what they wanted and our local member actually said he would support us in a certain way in terms of uh, getting people with dogs off non-dog beaches and um, when it came to a vote at the council he did exactly the opposite he actually lied to us okay so well, i'm really over it i'm yeah, sorry i i um, can understand but yeah, if if anyone else that. had a similar idea yeah. if they would be prepared to write to the council and I, keep me updated um yeah. you know i'd um, like to showcase groups that are doing the right thing and being responsible and one, yeah I, I think we need to leave it there. Um, Can I just add one other comment? It, it's writing is a really a waste of time. What you need to do, uh, in our in the experience that we've had in the past, and there was a lot of people around here got together to work on this some years ago with the beaches, is you need to go to the uh, monthly meetings. You need to um, yeah. get a number of people to um, to make a statement. They usually give you two minutes. And you also need to get a petition and a very large one if you want to do anything. Because you won't change. Mm. Uh, you won't change at all, no. Mm. Nothing mm. will change. Okay, thanks. Thanks for your advice. Much appreciated. All right. Thanks, Richard. Cheers. 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 Bye. Okay. Now, Marion of Heathridge. Uh, the plant was called Tangerine Dream. It's a grevillea. I've also been after it. So uh, let's all keep an eye out for it when it comes in. I believe that it came originally from Kings Park. Right. Yeah, it's mm. one of their babies. Okay, we're back in a moment. You're with Ray and Faye, and our special guest, Ben Mayo, is in the studio. This is Let's Talk Gardening, the news coming up at 9am. And 
from 10am, George Minoldi will join us with the classic 60s. What a gorgeous day out there, everyone. I hope you're enjoying it. Now, Ben, on the subject of uh, weed or herbicides, yes. what did you want to say about how they work? Um, they often work a lot better when they're in a sunny or a warm position. If you do it on an overcast day, yeah. they, they just take their time to actually get into the plant and, and activate it. Um, when it's a nice sunny day, the, the things like the organic stuff, they really work quite quickly. Um, on a bright sunny day like today, you just get out there, give them a spray. An hour or two later, you just got little crispy weeds all through the driveway. Mm, so this is it. Yeah. And I've noticed the same um, with with other products that have been used in my around my property recently, where where the weeds are in shade, it's taken much much longer. You can see the effects, but they haven't disappeared. Whereas where they're in the sun, that's it; they're gone. Yeah. Yeah, mm. so it, it's it's wonderful to just pick your timing. If you've got a cloudy day and then a sunny day next, just leave it one more day if you're able okay. to. And I suggested one brand of product, but you say that there are a range. Yes, there available. Is. A lot of a lot of places are all coming out with um, organic products that are usually along the same lines or similar, and they all do quite a good job. So just um, have a look around and see what what you think suits you and what company you might like yourself. And so when is the best time to treat the weeds? Because at the moment, the winter weeds are coming up to flowering. They're kind of, they've already started to turn, haven't they? Is it too late? Um, it, it just depends. If they haven't set seed or if you've got new ones popping up because you're watering, you, you're best to get out there and do it when you got them. Um, just try to get them all before they set seed. And if you do see flowers on them pick the flowers off before you go and spray so that way they don't get the chance to set seeds yeah. for next year and just kind of um reduce the amount that you're going to get each year and i guess even mowing them or slashing them down would help as well yes just keep your catcher on so you're getting rid of the seeds and not just um letting it fall back onto the ground where they're just gonna find their way and then they can go in a worm farm or compost bin or weed tea yeah, exactly. As long as it heats up and gets to that temperature, it will kill off all those all those seeds developing. Excellent. And so what's happening in your garden? What are you up to? Um, I'm trying to prune because I haven't done a lot of pruning. Mm, mm. <laughs> but um, I've been just going out. I look at all my flowers. Um, I've got all my, a lot of my aloes have started to flower or some of them, they have their different seasons. So some are finishing, some are starting. And mostly just tidying up because um, winter we tend to stay inside and don't get as much done as we'd like. And now I think that's yeah. right season. Get out there, do it before it gets hot. Exactly. Yeah. Get it all set up. Yes. Exactly. Yes. How are your selfies going? I'm um, wonderful. Mm. So I've had a few that are they're winter flowering. Mm -hmm. So they're just about to be um, cut right back. I'm probably going to hedge them. Not proper hedge but just cut them back so they they fit into the the spot a bit better yeah and all my spring flowering ones are just starting to get flowers or buds so um wait for the show of the, the new colors to come along and i do keep looking out for new ones that pop up at different little nurseries or yeah. markets are you aware of any new ones that you can share with us i know i'm putting you on the spot but we've had the, i've seen a couple of new colors which weren't as common before like um yellows and whites yeah so mm. we didn't have a lot of plain whites before but no. I, I found they're kind of more of a creamy white than a, yes. a bright white mm. but they're they're probably the only new ones i've seen recently hasn't been um a lot i think in the markets when mm. it comes to 
salvias. There's a lot of plants, but probably similar ones to what we've had in the past. They haven't been readily available at this time of the year yet. Uh, I'm sure they're coming, uh, yes. salvias in the nurseries. Uh, should be starting to flow through now, I would think. Yeah, a lot of the nurseries get them in when they're in flower. Yeah. So that's that's their peak time when people yeah. will get them and buy yeah. them. Yeah. But it's always good to, like, like I heard you say earlier, shop all year round. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, Faye and I, yes, well, that's a bit of one, oh. of, our, one of our many strategies. Yes. It's, it's, it's the best way to have colour all year round. Yeah, quite right, quite right. Well, I, I must admit, I was very surprised this year when I wandered around the garden in winter and it you didn't so seem much. to take a back step. no. No, I, I find summer, the peak of summer is probably my slowest time in the garden mm. when it's extra hot. Mm. Um, maybe because I didn't do as much nursery shopping in the middle of summer. <laughs> well, we tend not, not to a little bit because it's it's a battle, isn't it? Yeah, and, and planting mm. anything at that time. That's right. Is, it's, it's crucifying it. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because in this little basket of flowers that I have here, yes. I have some beautiful pink kangaroo paws and these were planted on a... 30 or probably a 40 degree day under the canopy of a gum tree but it was about 36 degrees at close to six o'clock and with regular maintenance they they've just come really good so I prepared the soil well they got water when they needed it but not too much and they just they're ramping that's an example right there. Thank you, Faye. An example. Yeah, it, d- it depends on your location because I've been working on my garden for months ahead of the wedding. Yeah, and the of course wedding. I didn't. Oh, my I Lord. I did not. Well, I couldn't plant on a 40-degree no, day. No. I had to wait until the weather cooled mm. and still, you know, chip away at my tasks. Mm. So it's, sometimes you just have to. Yeah, I know. I and agree with you 100%. You've got to do what you've got to do when you can do it. It's not the best time, but. Yeah, you, you've got to work through it, people. Last week I went home and unloaded blue metal. Mm. Where are you putting that? Uh, that was what was left over from my hot house. It now went into one side of the, one of my shade houses. But now, Ray, it looks like an unfinished job. I have to get more blue metal That's and it. do the other side. Yeah, created the a trailer, monster. <laughs> the trailer's full of white sand for the sand pit. So got to unload that first. Oh, this girl. <laughs> okay, it's nine o'clock little bit of morning haze about we are heading for a maximum today of 27. Right now, 19.7. The minimum overnight will be 11. Partly cloudy tomorrow with a maximum of 23. And the minimum overnight Sunday into Monday will be 9. Also partly cloudy with a maximum 23. Now I can see some rain is due from next Wednesday. They're talking 6 to 10 mils, uh, 95% chance, so high chance, and that'll be a nice drop of water to complement these lovely sunny days that we're enjoying right now. Wouldn't it be perfect if we could have that pattern all year round? And at night time. <laughs> yeah, yes. so we can work during the day, quite right. And our rainfall stays as per, and it was 77 mils in total for September. Not too bad at all. Let's go to Floriot Park. Trish, good morning. Good morning. Um, My husband grows lots of impatiens in baskets, hanging baskets, and they were absolutely magnificent um, seven to ten days ago, and now they've all gone And I don't know whether it's the blight that we had a few years ago and what he can do to try and save them. I think there's a high likelihood, Trish, that the hot weather 
has impacted yeah. them. Um, All right. So in baskets and the easterly winds have started coming in too. So that that affects how quickly they dry out. Yes. Um, are they in the sun or are they in shade? No, well, they're in the, under the a tree, but of course it's only just it's big liquid amber and it's just getting its leaves. So it's probably, but you know, it's not happened like this before. Um, well, it was so a rapidly. pretty and where we it's quite protected where our garden is from. I know there must there's some wind, but not gale force. You okay. know. I think it's probably the sudden onset and yep. unless he increased the watering to cater for, for those plants on those hot days, yep. they would probably dry out quite quickly. Are they the coir fibre? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I, well I'll tell him to up the watering then. And if they <laughs> and have they should recover. If they've suffered and died back, then I'd get out there and I would trim them back. Yes, and give them a, a drink of seaweed and and maybe some wetting agent. A liquid wetting agent will help okay. help All right. the the baskets hang on to moisture. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for that. You're welcome, Trish. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Yes, they're beautiful in patients, aren't they? Oh. But they're not not for the sun. Well, in shady mm. places, they're they're great. But mm. yes, if your your deciduous trees are just mm. leafing up now, uh, they would have needed a little bit of extra protection on those warm days. Yeah, and, for sure. And it jumped it jumped quite quickly from twenty more to twenty nine. Well, more than mm. ten degrees, really, because yeah. we were having days of seventeen and eighteen uh, not too long ago. So it's actually more than ten degrees. It's jumped, and there's got to be some fallout from that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't there? Yeah, it's common sense. It's happened so quickly, hasn't it? Because Always. last year we never know, get to gradually just increase, do we? We go from one extreme to the other. Yeah, I always sort of get kicked into gear when it, it happens suddenly. It's like, well, you know, if it's not going to survive twenty nine degrees now, then by Christmas we've mm. got no hope, have we? No, but wouldn't it be nice if we could acclimatise slowly? Oh. Incrementally is the word I'm looking that would, for. That would wouldn't be that be nice. perfect? But no, not in Perth. <laughs> in a perfect world. 94841927. I will be giving away my $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees. You need to be a Curtin FM member, so have your Curtin FM card number ready. And, of course, not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Very good. I know you've got a few emails. We had quite a few come in during the week, didn't we, we have as well? And we're going one, to have a good chat with Ben in this hour as well. This one came in from Dianella, uh, Diana, and she had been listening to the gardening show and a lady called in to give exact instructions to three springs to seed the wreath flowers. So she says she followed the directions perfectly and found them very easily and they were well worth the amazing 767 kilometre round trip. Yeah. So there's a, a big sign there. Wreath flower can be found along this road for the next two kilometres between September and October. And I think they've just finished. I think with the the week that we've had, the, the hot weather really knocks them and that's probably the end of them. But Two kilometres of wreath flowers, and I saw them a couple of years ago. You did. They are just incredible. So I hope a lot of people go out. So one of our listeners inspired these listeners mm. to follow that route exactly, and they had a wonderful time and yep. saw everything they needed to see. 
Excellent. That's what it's all about. Let's head to Jandicop, face part of the world. Brian, hi. Yeah, good morning. How are you? Very good, thanks, Brian. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, I've uh, been listening to your program on and off, and um, I've got a query. I've actually had a problem with uh, a baronia plant or bush. Okay. Is it one that you've recently purchased? Yes, yes. Is it still but in... Over the, over the over the period of time, I've sort of had them and they sort of start blooming and I look after them and then uh, they just seem to die off. I can't seem to keep them going. I don't know why. So is it still in the pot that you bought it in? At the moment, yes. Okay. And is what sort of environment is it in? Under shade, full sun? Yeah, yeah no, it's under the patio and it's underneath a uh, skylight and it gets watered every morning. Um, yeah, protected, uh, no wind, no harsh sun. So got all the ideal scenario, I would imagine, but doesn't seem to be doing the job. It's a common problem. Mm. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, some, yeah, baronias are a funny thing. They like a moist environment, but I would, oh, it has happened to me, I have to admit, Brian, on occasion, I would upend the pot and have a look at the roots Sometimes the potting mix dries out and when you water, the water just runs through. It doesn't hold the moisture. Ben, right, yes. Do you have any I, I have found them to be temperamental. Mm. Um, they're, they're not the, they look beautiful when you buy them. Yes. But uh, most of them, decli- I'd probably say 90% that people buy probably have declined mm. and not actually stayed as how they are. Mm. Um yeah, they, the moisture level would be probably a hard thing to pick. You need to keep them moist enough without too much moisture. So they do well in a self-watering pot. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've got it in. I've got it sitting in a tray, and I've sort of got a little bit of water in the bottom of the tray, sort of try and keep the the roots at the bottom, sort of moist. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if that that tray's probably helping it. Um, okay. It, it's it's one of those hard things. It usually comes down to trial and error. Mm. And I think with baronias, there's usually more errors than there is trials. Yeah. Uh, radio. Okay. It's just that, uh, yeah, I've got the brown one, which has got the lovely uh, fragrance uh, perfume to it. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to have a heap of them around, but uh, <laughs> you buy them and they don't last. They just uh, peter out on me. Brian, I don't know that I would try keeping them in pots if you do want to grow them. I think I'd be finding a spot in the garden and I would also be looking to get smaller plants and get them established from young plants. Yeah, well, this one's only about, uh, just on about a foot high, just a small one. But even more like seedling plants and perhaps doing oh, it in okay. the autumn. Right, yes. Okay, yeah. uh, well, I'll give that a try and um, yeah, see how we go from there. Okay. All right. Thanks, right. Very much, Thanks Brian. Thank you. Okay, bye, bye then. All right. Yes, they are a little bit t- tricky. And as you say, Ben, temperamental. And just had a couple of calls. We need you to speak a bit louder if you would. Oh, sorry about I that. I never have that trouble, apparently. <laughs> All right. Where are we? 30 minutes past nine. We can get a few more calls and we're in Bullsbrook. Josie, Hi. Uh, good morning. How are you, ladies? Very good, thanks, Josie. We've got Ben here too. <laughs> Hello. Oh, okay. <laughs> How can we help you today? Um, I have a deciduous tree out the back, 
and just within the last couple of weeks I've had to have it, uh, a part of it cut down because it had a big split in the trunk and my um, oh how do I say it's hosting the tree was hosting the Native Australian Christmas tree on it and I was wondering if you could give me some information on what to do with the the parts of the tree that's been sawed down with a Christmas tree on it. Um, so the the Christmas tree, the Nutsia floribunda, is a freestanding tree that is a parasite mm. of of other plants, but okay. their roots are connected underground. Well, where it's growing off the the tree. It's like a big, uh, big wooden um, ball growth. Um, okay. Yeah. So I think a picture would be great, Josie. Does it have orangey yellow flowers at Christmas time? Um, I'm not sure. I've only been where I'm living since March. So how when the leaves start how, to be? How big is the Christmas tree? Um, very bushy and there's lots of it in clumps on the tree. Okay. And and there's a tree the same out the front and it, it has lots of of the same growth on it. Okay, so what, the next thing I need to know, was the main tree an acacia or wattle? I'm not sure because okay. it's just starting to leaf at the moment and not enough for me to find out what kind of tree it is. But on some parts, it's just this week, it's um, got a a thick white flower that looks quite pretty. All right. I'll probably need a photo to work out what your deciduous tree is. But if... Now, when you say native Australian Christmas tree... I don't think it's the big one that everyone recognises as as a Christmas tree. But we do have a mistletoe, which is a parasite, and it's spread by the mistletoe bird. And this hangs in clusters and it becomes very knobby where it attaches to the host tree. So it sounds like that's Uh, what you're describing. Yes, it does. I'm not sure what your deciduous host tree is, though. Uh, so the the question that you had was about pruning the deciduous tree, was it? Or um, the the deciduous tree out the back that's been sawn down, well, a section of it has. Um, the parts that were sawn down have got this growth um, that I assumed was the Christmas tree. And I was wondering what I could do with it if it was to keep it going because it's starting to suffer in a pile out the back. All right. I I probably need to work out what the tree is as to how to care for it. The host trees are very often acacias but not deciduous. So I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, And the trees, the acacias or wattles, are often short-lived. So I'm not sure that we can do much about it. But until we can identify what that deciduous tree is, I, 
I don't know that I can tell you more. It it does sound like it might be in decline. Um, well, both the trees are very, very tall and very old. Can you send us a photo, Josie? Sure. All right. So perhaps we'll put you back to Bev and okay. she can give you the details. Okay, thank you. Thanks, okay, Josie. doing that now. Cheers for Okay. okay, and let's head to Glen Forest, beautiful part of the world up there. Gary, good morning. Right. Morning, ladies and Ben. How are you? Morning. Um, I've got a question about the um, parrot's beak creeper, the lotus vine. Are you familiar with that? Little um, feathery leaf light. From the Canary Islands originally, I believe. It's got a beautiful orange parrot's beak-like flower. Yes, I th- I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, they spill over rockeries and things. They look quite spectacular. I've, had, I've got one now I've had for two summers. Quite beautiful in summer. Really struggled in winter last year and nearly died off. I thought it was actually the cold. So this year it came back, but it took most of summer to come back. Well, I covered it with um, netting on the cold, colder mornings we had, but it's just about dead now. My other, I was wondering whether it's actually not the cold that's affecting it because it wasn't particularly cold this year. Whether it's actually too much water uh, over winter. Yeah, I would. I would definitely say that it's moisture that's causing the issues. Um, right. Because they usually they do quite well even in the winter time. Um, I'm not too far from you, and it does quite well at my house. But I'm very sandy, so it it drains quite freely. And I've got another one in a pot, and it does the same thing. It's got good drainage, and it tends to do probably better in the winter than it does in the summer. Um, right. Well, mine's in a rock in a retaining wall, which has sand right through it, so it should be okay. But maybe I was thinking of actually trying it again and putting in like more of a. Um, like a free-draining mix from, say, um, succulents or something like that. Um, and also, the retaining wall, what's that made from? Oh, that's a good question, isn't it? It's, um, Is it's it reconstituted limestone and um, it's those hollow bricks that, that you get. They're not, they're not, um, they, they look like limestone, but they're not made of complete limestone. So when you fertilise, try and use a rose or a camellia fertiliser because it will counteract the lime that's leaching out of those bricks because they're probably oh, right. changing I never thought the soil. about that. Yeah, the, I reckon it's probably that that's making the soil quite alkaline, which means if it's just a little bit unhappy, then the the soil is getting a bit too moist and then it's just so going... A rose or camellia, did you say? Yes. Or a... Yeah, anything that's got usually a bit of sulphur in it just increases the acidity and that should help it along. Um, some, it, it might have to be try that and see how it goes. I might try, um, what's short of the pH be? I'll try, I'll, I'll do a pH test on it. I hadn't given that a thought. Yeah, so a lot of plants that are right next to anything that's limestone or reconstituted can have those little issues. So that's usually the first thing to check. And then from there, you can usually figure out a way to make them happier. Right, so if there's anything below about 6.5 or 7, it's probably too acidic, isn't it? Um, I'd say so. You, yeah, you would need to you would need to have it quite balanced. If not, if not, you'd need it a little bit more. You know what else you could do, Gary? Check the moisture levels. Yeah, I don't have any way of doing that. I, I, it's just over winter. I thought because it's it's in a retaining wall, so the wall gets full of water. You know, gets mm. sodden and saturated. Um, I first saw one of these plants up in Kalamunda growing on some rock. In blistering sun, I thought, Christ, if it can survive there, it can survive anywhere. But the main mm. difference is that's had massive drainage. So I, I yeah. think this is probably a drainage and possibly, as Ben said, a, um, an, a, an acidity thing. I hadn't thought about that. 
All right. There's a couple of things for you to check on, Gary. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks for your call. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, Gary. I was only, again, admiring one of these last night in the garden, and it was situated near some lavender, and I would say the conditions are that it was uh, free-draining and mm. uh, relatively dry by comparison. Okay, back in a moment. Curtain Radio. 24 minutes after nine, you were tuned to Let's Talk Gardening. Special guest in the studio with us this morning, Ben Mayo. And we will get to talk to you, Ben. We're talking aloes and salvias. What can you tell us about aloes at the moment? Um, Spectacular flowers, huh? Yes, I I love them because the birds and the bees love them. It brings in the wildlife. um, So if I've got birds and I've got bees, then other bugs usually pretty butterflies and things come along. And it just makes the garden feel alive. Which have, is what you want. Have you had any issue? Is it an aloe mite? That, and, mm, that, have you had any issue with that? I haven't. Um, good. I have found that a lot of people that have had issues have them growing in like glass houses or greenhouses where sure. they're quite protected. Mm. When they're out in the open, I don't seem to have as much issues. Occasionally, I'll have a problem with aphids. Mm. Um, and they're usually on my quite big plants. But I just have to go out and I squirt them with the hose quite quite vigorously because the aloe is quite tough it can handle Handle it handle that and Mm. um gets rid of most of them and yeah it's Mm. probably the easiest way i find for me because i don't want to spray too much chemicals around um Mm. but yeah i i grow them mostly for the fact that when they're in flower they're they're bold and they give you this statement and every time i look out the window there's a bird hanging off the plant trying to get as much nectar out of it exactly yeah the the birds are abundant at the moment aren't they yeah yeah. And I've started to see hoverflies and hoverfly larvae around the garden and yes. butterflies flitting everywhere. It's Yeah, mm. it is a beautiful time. So the hoverfly larva, he's very tiny, isn't he? Like a tiny he, little caterpillar. It does look like a little caterpillar. The one I found the other day was green with the yellow stripe on it. And mm. it, it was curled up on the end of a rosebud. Same. I've been having them as well. I went to mm. touch it and I it dropped to the ground. And mm. so I went in for a closer look because I hadn't quite worked out what it was but it was there chewing up the the aphids so that tells me that they're starting to hatch out now Mm. so we talked about aphids a couple of weeks ago and I suggested that someone just wait a few days of course at the beginning of the season it takes a while for the predators and parasites to ramp up Mm. you've got to have their food source there the Mm. ladybirds don't go around and start laying eggs where there's nothing for their young to eat yeah so there is a bit of catch-up but, yeah, if if they bother you, hose them off with a jet of water and at least you're not harming the good guys in the garden. Mm, I've definitely got hoverfly. I was watching one mm. yesterday and I've definitely got the larva, again, on the rose, roses where the aphids are. Mm, I so watched watching. one on the kitchen bench a couple of years ago, Ray, and I think they're blind. So they, they look like a little seal climbing up the stem of the plant and then when they land on an aphid, they go... <laughs> Suck out all the juice and spit out the skin. I'll do that. Very, very (laughs) clever is nature, isn't it? It surely is. All right. How would you like to win a $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees? What can you get with $75 up at Bigger Trees? Well, we already know they do specialise in the frangies, ornamentals and fruit trees. A lot of new additions. They have deliveries coming in. Uh, thick and fast at the moment, arriving every week, and you can choose from 
a huge selection. Some of the latest arrivals are with the orchids and cyclamens, hoya and cacti, succulents, indoor plants and amazing array of pots. There's also a new selection of hibiscus that has hit hit the stalls as well. And you could check out their website and their Facebook page to learn more. Um, they're open Thursday to Sunday. Uh, you can certainly give Kerry a call to find out the hour, hours if you like. Uh, but bigger trees, enormous nursery, immaculate nursery, absolutely beautiful up there. And uh, you're going to find just about everything you're looking for. And not far from the Romance in the Stone Garden. So, so you could do a double hit today. Yep, and sure. they're close to Melville's nursery is on the way. And uh, there's lots of beautiful eateries up that neck of the woods. Oh, my goodness. Uh, what a perfect day to get out. Okay. You need to be a Curtin FM member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Here's one of John's curly questions, and this is for all our crazy music listeners. According to Donovan, what strange fruit will be a sudden craze and the very next phase? And we'll give you a hint. It appears in the song Mellow Yellow. I'll ask you the question again. According to Donovan, what strange fruit will be a sudden craze and the very next phase appears in the song Mellow Yellow. 94841927. Give Bev a call with your answer and we'll be sending a $75 gift voucher to you this week. Okay, you can carry on. I've he done must, my bit. He must have a lot of fun I think working he does. out these I questions think he does. each week, yes. right? Uh, this email came in from Lois. She's got two miniature roses in Maylands and they've got white spots on the stems. So... It looks to me like it's the cottony cushion scale and they can give off honeydew. Um, not a particularly good one to have on your plants. They, I think I would probably go in and prune the bushes, just give them a tidy up, get rid of what you can but not the, the main stems. Um that will remove some of the infestation. If you've got gloves on, you could go through and wipe it off. You could dab them with methylated spirits or you could spray them with an eco oil. There is a ladybug that does target this particular cushion scale, but it's not very prevalent. Mm. Um, so that that's what I would do. It's, it's easy to wipe off anyway. Can I have a look at that one? Other yeah. problems in the garden at the moment. If you've got fruit trees growing, it's time to continue baiting and trapping for fruit flies. So keeping your fruit trees to the size that they fit under a net, better to protect what you've got than to have what you can't protect and then you get the fruit fly in proliferating. Baits and traps. Ben, any advice for making your own traps or using the commercial baits? I haven't... You do need to make sure that you follow what they say. If, if your trees aren't touching, you need one in each tree. So it, it sometimes looks can sound a little bit daunting, but if you don't, um, one tree will get it, and then it will just keeps it will keep spreading. So the main thing is just try to have enough there to actually control it properly. Otherwise, you, if you only get half of it done, you're kind of not even really protecting much because the fruit fly will just fly to the next plant. And, yes. and find something that it can. Yes. And um, it, I actually don't make, I haven't made any of my own because I 
don't have a big enough property to have too many fruit trees. I I filled my place with flowers because um that's what I'm with you, Ben. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, they they are easy to make. I just get the um little drink bottles, plastic drink bottles, poke holes, decent sized holes, like bigger than a pen, in the side. I actually heated up the um oh, my sharpening steel on the stove top flame and poked holes in the bottle and down from the top so that when the fruit flies go in they go to they're the trying, bottom yeah, to get they're the trying goodies. to get up they go right to the top they don't they miss the holes at the side um, and then about 10 to 20 mils in the bottom of each of them and I hang about 3 in my fruit trees apricot particularly uh, but I also bag the individual fruit because it's I I have the number of fruit on my apricot that I can individually bag, that and baits, um, and they are active at the moment and they can quite often be active all through winter. We have um, recipes on the WA Garden Buddies Facebook page and there we received an email from Bianca about more information about the open gardens. That information is also on the Garden Buddies Facebook page and Ray we we're going to read the details again of this weekend's open gardens yeah sure well you've got one down in Hall's Head uh, that's open tomorrow only one day only 35 Scrivener Place in Hall's Head it's a 900 square metre cottage garden uh, there'll be plant sales there now there are slopes and steps there in this garden so do be aware of that refreshments and so on will be available and that's through Open Gardens WA. It's called Rosie's Garden and we also have Felicity's Garden and we did speak last week uh, to the lady. I'm trying to remember her name, Faye. You, you've got a better memory than I. Sorry, I was reading emails, Ray. Pardon me. All right. Felicity's Garden is open today and tomorrow and that's at 613 Copley Dale Road in Gidgiganup. It's a rural garden with cottage garden plants, natives, olive grove and more. I think she's got a hobbit house as well. And uh, I think that looks very, very interesting. So that is also part of Open Gardens WA. And you can go to their website. Very easy just to Google Open Gardens WA. And you can see a full list of uh, gardens open and what's coming up. And there's Romancing the Stone open today and tomorrow. That's 3 Lillian Road in Maidervale. Uh, that's uh, a garden that's been established for more than 22 years, proceeds to Amanda Young Foundation. And you will see another Hobbit village. What is this Hobbit thing? And water features and there's plant sales and arts and refreshment and live music. What a beautiful weekend to get out and about. You've got three fantastic options there. I reckon you could do all three if you were organised. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's Penny's Garden. And the garden Penny, is named me. after her daughter, Felicity. Felicity. Now, thank mm. you for refreshing me. As, as listeners would already know, my, my memory is appalling. Uh, June of Mullaloo is our winner. Congratulations, June. She's won the $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees. The question was, according to Donovan, what strange fruit will be a sudden craze and the very next phase? Uh, the answer is electrical banana. <laughs> Good on you, June, to, for knowing that. And uh, as only our listeners could, uh, we didn't know it. I didn't know it. I had to go in and listen and yeah, John. But John, he's just uh, he's on a he's a, lives in a parallel universe. That boy, doesn't he? He has different interests. He at sure times. does. He sure does. All right, where are we? We can go to Port Kennedy. Hi, Kay. How's it going? Hi, Ray. Hi, Faye. Hi, and hello to your guest. 
Hello, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm ringing. I, I missed the beginning of it. I didn't quite hear it. Um, I haven't put my bore on yet, but I want to put it on. Um, are we two days a week now? Yes, we are. Yes. So I've got to cut one of my cycle, one of my watering days off. Mm. Oh, yes. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, I don't. I don't bother. I mean, I've been doing a bit of hand watering now, but um, I'd rather do the right thing than get a fine. Exactly. Yes. You know, we I don't all know need you to get a fine, but we all need to do the right thing, Kay. Exactly. So, how's your garden, Faye? Oh, <laughs> amazing. Well, stunning. I, yes. yes. <laughs> well, it's still a bit messy. I made more mess this week, but. It's doing its thing. Like, I've had four helpers in this week, Kay. And oh, well, I should have come and you could have had five. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> you're welcome, Kay. I have I've, no doubt. Thank you. I've had the weeding women in. They're all my friends. All there right. was There was Jane and Jen and Jazzy and Jenny. They've all been in helping weed my garden. So, right. yeah, it's looking pretty good in part. I've still got a oh, lot to go, but yeah. we're making a dent. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I wish I could get rid of the weeds out of the paths. I'm sick of them. I really am. And I know we had a lot of rain, yes. but I'm a little bit over them now and I'm sick of spending my thousands of dollars at the shop and the, and the sprays just don't work. Oh, Ben, what's your recommendation for sprays in paths? In paths, I use the slasher. Yep. Um, just because it it does seem to do quite quick it does. Um, Results. But, yeah. As long as they're not a bulb or have um, like an underground root system, which is quite big, um, then they might have to give it a second spray once if it reshoots. Yes, yes. But um, just normal garden paths and driveways, I always use that just because I find it works yeah, well. I've tried the sl- I've tried the slasher or whatever it was called and it just, I don't know, it just didn't seem to work and I'm out there picking them out and I'm breaking me fingernails and I'm thinking, oh, I'm a bit over this, Kay, I've had enough. Mm. What are you going to do? Well, I, I used it in my shade house this week and I had very quick results. Oh, did you really? Mm. Oh. Well, if not, I've been using a bit of salt and vinegar and hot water and that's just as useless and I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, what can you do, Kay? And I'm thinking, I don't know. I thought, oh, I'll get on the, on the blower and see if the girls and someone else can help me decide what I can really do. If not, I don't know what else well, I can really do. If what are your weeds? Stuff. Sorry? What weeds are they? Oh, they're like flat, the little flat, the, the flat-headed ones and, and, and the ones that have got a little bit of a, 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 a seed in them, like a little, a little prickle that you Oh, the bindi eye. Yeah, like the little bingy ones, yeah. Well, I, I reckon if... Them, Faye, and I'm just a bit sick of them now. And well, it makes your place look terrible. I mean, I can't say I, not just my drive, but the neighbours' drives are just as bad. But I'm trying to think, well, I'd like to make mine look a little bit more tidier and a bit neater, but it's just dreadful. Kay, Kay, listen to me, Kay. I reckon you need to get off to your local garden centre and you'll find something on the shelf that will rid you of your weeds. And then okay. I want to hear right, back then, from Faye, you, you next much. week. Keep up the good work, girls, and don't you work too hard, Faye. Okay. All right. No worries. Bye. Good Bye. On you, Kay. She has a live wire, is she not? She is. Yeah, good on her. Good on her. Bright oh. now day. All right. Uh, now we are going to have a short break when we return. We're still we'll be getting to you, Ben. Uh certainly I would love to be chatting about Selvies and I know listeners are very interested. And we'll also be having a chat with Judy on the other side of this. Okay, we're back again. We're heading straight out to Shelley. Good morning, Judy. Good morning, girls. 
Enjoying your program so far. Oh, good, Judy. Just so far. We've got time to (laughs) mess it all up. (laughs) Two minutes. How can we help you? Um, Look, um, my daughter is thinking of um, buying a plant, which I think is a baronia, um, called Blue Waves. You had a caller talking about baronias and how they don't seem to grow very well. Well... The tag that she's got on this one says this one will grow in full sun and or sun shade. And she wants to pull it, put it into full sun. And I've got mm. a feeling that it's not going to survive our heat. Well, no. I'm pretty sure that baronias do very well in the southwest of Western Australia. A dappled light. And Perth is, is not that. Now, I remember A.B. Bishop wrote an article for the Gardening Australia magazine about baronia. In fact, she contacted me and asked for any tips and I just, yeah, like Ben said, I find that it's a temperamental plant, maybe best treated as an annual. Um, Other than that, pick a, yeah, you know, who's written the label? Is it? It's from the big green shed. Yeah, but they don't. They buy plants buy, in, buy their stock in, mm. and so yeah. they've been growing in a controlled environment. And we bring them home. They stay in the pot. They've been in the pot for a while, um, but they're not designed to stay in a pot. Yeah, yeah. This will get full sun all day, and I no, I think, no. Yeah, I think it's going to lose it if she puts them in there. She wants something more hardy. Yeah, and yeah. you don't want that pot getting too These much These tiny little blue flowers that look just like the baronia flowers, and that's what I thought, oh, this is a, a, a strain of baronia for sure. Mm. Yeah. There, are, there are some amazing native plants available. Maybe take a tri- trip up to Kings Park and have yeah. a look at where they're growing and how they're growing up there and, and just what's on offer and and then try and source them. Yeah, she she had some seduction roses growing where she wants to put these, um, and they've she's pulled them out because she hasn't got the time to be fiddling around spraying and trying to sort out the chili thrips. So um, she's pulled them out. Now she's got this bare bed that, and, and it does get baked in summer. So um, we're going to have to find something that will that's growing in full sun that will survive. I think for sure, Judy. And uh, if it gets enough water then yeah. um oh rays distracted me for a minute Sorry. um then you know things like kangaroo paws will grow year round silver foliage plants will take full sun that's a good indication of what they like and they will tolerate dryness um okay okay the other thing is it is um surrounded by limestone uh blocks that there is a, I mean, the roses have done quite, did quite well in there t- until the thrip came along. So she sort of thinks she wants something that's going to stay green that she doesn't have to fiddle around with. She hasn't got the time to, to garden like I have. Oh, go, Ben. <laughs> I would say, so a, a lot of people do, are a bit scared of them, but oleanders do great. Especially mm. if you get a nice little dwarf one. Yes. They flower for a really long period of time. They're drought tolerant. It can handle um, a lot of conditions. Mm. And they're, they're pretty easy care. Um, I, people are always frightened because they say that they're poisonous. But they're not really eaten. Um, a lot of animals and all that won't eat them because they taste so bitter. Um, 
that they're actually a really, really good plant to have. You just give them a trim back once or twice a year after they finish flowering, and the dwarf ones will stay quite compact and look look good all year round. Okay, she's she has has actually got a young golden retriever who who is munching on everything at the moment. Yeah, so golden retriever, so Labradors. <laughs> yeah. they're a different kettle of fish. Same with beagles. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. They're, they're very yeah, gutsy. I quite like the, um, is it the Indian hawthorn one that's all flowering yes. at the moment? Raphaelapis. Yeah, yeah, mm. I've, I've got those across and they do well, but for some reason she doesn't like them. So, but anyway. Oh, look, permission to go to a nursery. <laughs> yeah, yes. My other question is, um, back in July, I went to the green shed to buy some um, geraniums and um, I picked up three or four and bought them home and put them out in the garden and then I looked at one and I thought oh crumbs this I think is what I used to call a tuber begonia because it's got the um the not the furry soft leaves of the geraniums but it's got the the solid crinkled ones edge ones um and it had this double flower on it and I thought oh so I have had it inside um in a obviously like the position because it has flowered from July and I've got one last stalk on, on it so it's done really well. But now I'm wondering how do I care for this because when I googled um, some say that you know you've got to dig up the tuber or or is this just a normal ger- geranium? So did you start by saying geranium or begonia? Well I, I thought I was buying a geranium but to me, it looks like the tuber begonias that you can often buy. Okay. Did it have a name on it? All it's got on it is the geranium survivor. Okay. And on the back, it's got um, pelagonium. Okay. So oh. it's a pelagonium. Mm. Okay. Mm. So how do I, now that it's finished flowering, do I just cut cut it back and let it come up again? Or um, Yes, cut it back by a third. I would also repot it. I I would consider putting it out in the garden or at least outside oh, and, and acclimatise it because yeah. it's been inside and take cuttings. So okay. what, what you cut off, um, yeah, turn into Same. a cutting and grow more. Yeah, because I, I honestly thought it was just, you know, your normal geranium that you have outside. And then mm. I looked at it and I thought, oh, because it was a really pretty double little rose rose heads on it. Sounds gorgeous. Mm. Hmm. In a in a sort of a really pretty pink colour. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it's not a tuber begonia then. D- not if it says like geranium. It. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. All right. So that's good. Okay. Thank you for that. All right. You're welcome. <laughs> Go well, Judy. Bye. Take care. Cheers. All right. And you had something else you'd uh, like to say? A couple of emails quickly. Ray, uh, Sue has sent in uh, some bulbs that she's pulled up out of her garden. It's actually broom rape. So it's, but yeah, parasitic plants. Mm. They love geranium, um, nasturtiums as a host. And yes, pull them up and get rid of them because they they can seed and they multiply. I think they come in with sheep manure or some paddock hay or something. And they just pop up. Yeah, at this time of year, everywhere. Unusual, but yeah. 
yucky. And we got an email back from Nissa and her worm that we talked about when Daryl was here has been confirmed as a planarian yeah. or flatworm. And funny enough, I actually found one in one of my worm farms this week. Really? Mm. He yeah. was in there? Because mm. aren't, they, aren't they a naughty one? Well, they are a native worm mm. and they can feast on other insects by kind of digesting them. Mm. So, you know, it they're not going to get in plague proportions mm. and they're part of biodiversity in Nature. our gardens. So mm-hmm. absolutely a treat. And we're glad actually. we got to the bottom of that one. Mm. Yeah. All right. All right. We do have to have a short break. Uh, when we return, we're chatting with Robin and we're talking salvias as well. And we are back. The gardening show today was sponsored by DeSacco Mulch. Make your garden grow with DeSacco Mulch. Available at all leading garden centres. All right, now we're straight back out to the lines. We are in Forestfield. Robin, good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm ringing about the baronia. Um, as it a teenager, before you weren't allowed to do these sorts of things, we used to go out to the peat swamps yeah. and pick baronia. Yeah. Now, they are unbelievably acid. Mm. And I think that a lot of people might be having difficulty, not only with the drainage, but with their selection of soil. Because mm. it's been to me that when you look at that environment, it's highly vegetable and it's very acid. It's very difficult to recreate that, isn't it, Robin? Well, you can do it, of course, if you make your own compost because you can just compost leaves. Mm, And that would be fine. But that was all I wanted to say, that it was just a possibility that people... There's no point in putting baronia into a rose garden. No, that's right. Yep. Wonderful. Much I think, appreciated. Yeah, that's Thank really you, good advice, Robin, and we like what you've had to say. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, I'll take okay. care. And let's go to Bayswater. Gordon, hi. Hello, ladies. I rang you a couple of months ago about a mandarin called Phoenix. Yes, yes. Now, I want to try and grow one. Um, and living in Bayswater, like most of Perth, the sand is absolutely useless. And how would I go about preparing a, a hole for a mandarin sapling? I mean, I tried to grow a seed. I could find the seed because i still got my own teeth, but uh, the seed's just been in the pot for two months and it's turned up missing. Nothing's come. So I've got to have to buy a sapling. Is that what you call them? Oh, a, a seedling, yeah? A seedling, do, yeah. That's a better word, yeah. Do you know, have you tracked one down? No, I don't know where to buy them and I would like your opinion on what to prepare the soil for to, before I plant it because I've got bore water, that's no worries, but anything else I need help with. Well, Gordon, once once you get it growing, you wouldn't probably plant it out, I would say, until next autumn I because it's a small plant. I would nurture it in a controlled environment, shade house or you know back patio where you can allow it to grow on i wouldn't plant it before summer because that that will be quite difficult for it i would plant it in autumn if if it's available so in the meantime 
maybe growing from seed is your best bet. Trying to find a phoenix seedling that someone's going, I don't know what your chances are. We could get John to try and hunt. I know he did He did find out something about the phoenix mandarin. He may have even gone shopping and bought one, I think, from memory. Yes, <clears throat> yes. well, um, to me, they're both growing. The phoenix and the amaretto which comes out a month earlier. They're both grown in Mandurah, so Mandurah soil must be a better quality than Perth because Perth would have to be the worst soil around. Well, it has very good drainage and it can be amended and we can grow just about anything here. Yeah, well, you girls are lucky. You know it all. But anyway, <laughs> you, suge you suggest autumn is the time. I Yes, I wouldn't plant out a... Um, something small like that before summer not unless you give it good protection and you could do that um, but yeah if you're going to prepare the soil same recommendations as always uh, clay and compost into your sand improve that um, and give it some slow release fertilizer and protect with shade cloth and keep the moisture up to it okay girls thank you very much you're welcome Gordon good luck yeah, I need it. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Gordon. All right. Back to Sylvia's, please. Um, yes. <laughs> go, yes, Ben. Yes, yes. So, um, care we'd love to know about, the right care. There's two different types. Yes. So you've got, you've got hard stem ones, which get a bit woody. Yes, um, got those. The care on those is actually usually a lot more simpler. Give them a bit of a prune after flowering, which is not always easy because they flower no. for so long. Exactly. So if you've got a season where you can handle them being um, not in flower for a little bit, give them a prune and then they'll bounce back to give you the flowers when you do want them. So um, most of them will flower from spring all the way through to even I find they flower all the way to autumn. But even in winter, I get flushes of flowers. Mm. It's hard to actually find a season where they don't have a lot. Um, then you've got other ones which are quite soft in their stems and green. They don't get that wooden texture to it. Yes. They will usually be aut summer and autumn flowering, but they're also not as hardy. They're probably a little bit more, mm. um, more, more sensitive to excessive heat. So they're like part shade, I'd probably say just shade in the middle of the day. So if they're underneath something which is tall, where they're just getting that, that few hours of shade between 11 and 3, yeah, and then going they're getting the sun... Well. And those I prune in autumn. Virtually once they've finished flowering, I give them a good two-thirds cut back because they grow on the new growth when some of the woody ones grow on the older growth. Mm. But it's care is just quite easy. Um, as long as you fertilise um, your garden, you water your two days a week and you kind of just keep, a, keep an eye on them for any, anything that's going to come along and munch them. They don't get a lot of bugs. No, maybe. not really. They're pretty no. good. I think I just get the giant grasshoppers which come and eat whatever they want. Yeah. And what would you feed them with, Ben, for best results? Um, I just use organic fertilisers, usually anything that's manure-based. Um, but in saying that, if you have rose fertiliser at home, give them a rose fertiliser. They're yeah. not going to be upset because you've given them something that isn't that doesn't say salvia on it. Um, or if you've got all-purpose, just give all-purpose. But I usually just always go organic. Um, even if you do organic one time and then a different fertiliser another time, just gives them that chance to improve that soil around them as well. And use a wetter soil. Um, I think all gardens should be using wetter soil. 
it does make a difference. Yeah, no, good advice. Thank you very, very much, Faye Caro. All right, we, we've run out of time to do our emails, but just quickly, there is another garden event happening next weekend. Homestead Gardens Nursery are having a spring pelargonium, geranium and a rhodium sale day. So given that we've been talking about geraniums today, mm. 102 Beer Mueller Road West in Gin Gin. So that's on next weekend at 10 o'clock. Okay. Thank you, Faye. Thank you. All right, Ben, a pleasure to have you in the studio. Th- thank and, you so much uh, for having thank me. Thank you very much for joining us. It was a bit of a, a busy morning, obviously. This is what spring does, and uh, we certainly welcome that. And thanking Bev Daring and John Glidden. My gardenism for the morning is spring is nature's way of saying let's party. And so it is. Now, George Minoldi is next. He will be playing you with a classic 60s till 12 noon. Got that. And then Brendan T and Born in Boots from 12 to 6 p.m. Enjoy your afternoon, everyone. Look after yourself. Have fun. And we shall return next Saturday morning. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.